Sit in Friends in the Morning, live from Israel. WABC. Some things we don't talk about, rather do without, and just hold the smile. Falling in and out of love, ashamed and proud of, together all the while. You can never say never, while we don't know. Younger now than we The fray, never say never, as we start hour number two of the Monday edition, day one of four, live from Israel, sitting friends in the morning, live from Halpiat, Jerusalem. So before I get to uh, my man Curtis, I land in Tel Aviv on Saturday night, and um, there's a guy here, his name is Charlie. How I got to know Charlie is none of your business. Stop asking me. Here I go again. It's the first time today I'm arguing with myself. So Charlie is a uh, very decorated cop, former New York cop, who now made his way to Israel. And uh, he meets me at the airport. I know that's going to make John Katsimatidis happy because he's really worried about my safety because he loves me. And I love you too, John. So he's, he meets me um, at the airport, and we go through the uh, customs together. And, he, you know, he got me through everything very, very quickly here. Sid, he's a big star, blah, blah, blah. So we go outside to meet Yehuda and the guys to go into the car to leave Tel Aviv. And there's a guy standing right next to me who I have no idea who the guy is. So Charlie goes to me, he goes, hey, Sid, you know who that is? I'm like, no, no idea. He's like, that's Gilad Erdan. He is the U.N. ambassador to Israel. I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm so used to seeing Gilad in a suit and tie. He was wearing sweatpants. I didn't recognize him. I said, yeah, of course. So I walk over to Gilad and I go, hey, Gilad, I'm Sid Rosenberg. Now, I expect Louis going to say to me, yeah, not not sure who you are, whatever. Not the case. He goes, nice to meet you. He goes, I'm going to meet you in two weeks. I go, you're meeting me in two weeks? <laughs> How is that? Well, the um, there's a gentleman who is affiliated with the Fifth Avenue Synagogue, which happens to be the largest synagogue in New York, a very beautiful and impressive place. And they are putting on a benefit dinner and they're honoring me. It's coming up actually next Saturday, February the 10th, the day before Super Bowl 58. Hundreds of people, great speakers, Dove Hikind, Lizzie Savetsky, who just posted about me on her Instagram, and many, many others. And it's going to be a wonderful event, and they're giving me the Guardian of Israel Award, which is just another in a long line, what I believe is undeserved awards, I've been getting since October the 7th. I've done nothing other than go on the air. And, yes, I'm an advocate and I care, but the awards keep coming. So it turns out this guy, who's the U.N. ambassador to Israel, is going that night and, in fact, is excited, was excited to meet me, but 
Now he met already at the Tel Aviv airport, so it's a pretty cool story. I also did say uh, last hour that I care, New York cares, America cares. Let me tell you who else cares. And it's important to get this in. WABC. You know, again, without the blessings of John and Margot Katz and Matidis and my man Chad Lopez, Chad was so enthusiastic about this, and of course he is. He's a serviceman, Chad. He spent years and years on a ship in the Navy. He knows what it's like to be in combat. He knows all that. So between John and Margot and Chad and Emily and George, just um, really happy that they've given me their enthusiastic blessings to do this because obviously not if, but when this goes well, we're going to do something like this again. Bottom line, we don't do a lot of remotes. We need to change that. Like, to be honest, when I get home from this, I would go to Vegas and cover Super Bowl 58. I really would. But this is obviously much more important. That's a stupid football game. Yes, it brings in billions and billions of dollars of revenue. We all enjoy it. We love it. But this is a little more important. I get that. And that's why I'm here. But uh, I do uh, appreciate WABC because they care too. All right. My first guest today is here every day at this time because he's great. Whether he's hosting the Rip and Read noon every weekday morning, overnight weekends, or sitting next to me at this time every morning, the icon, the legend, Mr. Guardian Angel Curtis Sliwa. Very few, if any, do it better. And, of course, Curtis spent the last couple of weeks giving me recommendations on where to go in Israel. He's been here three times. We wish he was here this time, but he's not. Back in the studios, our dear friend Curtis Sliwa. Good morning, Curtis. Well, we're so, so very proud of you, Sid, and your family for going over and showing support for Israel in its desperate time of need. I can't tell you how many of the Jews and Gentiles are not doing that. They're too worried about themselves, not about the Holy Land, not about our number one ally in the world, Israel. So uh, what you have done, no other radio talk show host uh, has done. No radio station has sent anyone over. So let me just say on behalf of all of us here, We thank you for what you've done for the United States and for Israel, especially, Chad Lopez, you mentioned having served in the Navy. Do you know that recruitment is so far down in the Navy now? They announced the other day that they will take anybody who doesn't have a GED, no high school degree, you've been to prison, you're a member of the Bloods, you're Crips, they'll take you. We may have to have Chad Lopez re-up in order (laughs) to keep us secure around the world. Look, our Navy is right there, right in the Mediterranean Sea, sailing in the Red Sea to protect shipping, to protect others, to protect Israel, and to protect our troops who, as you can see, once again, are under attack in that area. Three servicemen dead, not far from you, right on the border between Jordan and Syria, and we know there's going to be other attacks to come. And by golly, when our president says, oh, we're going to get him, What the hell are you going to do? You should have done it right away. You should have done it right away. They should have felt the wrath of the U.S. And I'm telling you, if there's one message you can convey, because B.B. is gone soon. He's gone. There's no doubt about it. He must bomb the nuclear reactors that are making weapons-grade uranium deep in Iran. He must take out their source, their supply, because they've said they'll drop their first bomb on Israel. They know they'll get wiped off the map. He must do what Menachem Begin did when Saddam Hussein was developing a nuclear weapon, and he took out the nuclear reactor. He was condemned by everyone, including Ronald Reagan. He said, but I'm elected to protect the Jews first and foremost. 
foremost. Please make sure the Israelis support BB in his last venture, and that is bomb the nuclear center of their weapons-grade uranium before they use it on Israel. Oh, I think you're right. That would be a, a terrific start. But as you just said, I wouldn't count on him doing anything. He's done nothing. And he, he listen, he learned very well. He learned very well from his, you know, his hero, Barack Obama, who also sat idly by. I know eventually he got the credit, and deservedly so, for killing Osama bin Laden. But week after week, whether it was Brussels or Paris or California or New York, there was a terrorist attack, and that guy spent more time trying to convince Americans to be nice to your Muslim neighbors rather than pay back the bastards that did it to us. This guy, Joe Biden, is even more feckless than Obama, and that's saying a lot. But moving away from that, uh, there are no guardian angels in Israel. I think you're in about 30 countries around the world. Have you thought about bringing that great group of yours here to Jerusalem? Not needed, and I'll tell you why. They are the most vigilant country in the world. You mentioned the law enforcement. You mentioned the IDF. Find out how many of the Israelis you meet are packing. Find out. Every one of them. Exactly. Not, 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 not only the Israelis, because I had this conversation last night. I went to dinner with four guys, Curtis, four guys. Uh, two of those guys are now my dear friends, including Yehuda. He's carrying a 43. One guy's carrying a 22. And, and they said to me, they said, here's a difference, and you can appreciate this, Curtis, between guys who carry guns in Israel and America. In Israel, once you turn a certain age, and it's a very young age, male or female, male or female, you must join the Army, and you are taught how to use a gun. So when a civilian like the guys taking me to dinner last night carry guns, they know what they're doing, unlike the folks in New York, who a lot of them, to quote Jimmy Breslin, the gang that couldn't shoot straight. Exactly, and let me remind everyone that while you're there, you're within walking distance of that Sabaros restaurant that Hamas bombed on August 9th of 2001. That's when I went over there after the Second Intifada. Iranian-supported, seven Palestinian uh, uh, suicide bombers. Actually, they secured the bombs in a guitar case at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. They killed 16, seven children, a pregnant woman, 130 wounded. And immediately Israel started building those walls. You will see walls that separate themselves from the potential suicide bombers, the Palestinians. When you come back, if you could see those walls, you could tell Americans how Israel knew the biggest threat had to be deterred by walls. And even before that, you said you were on Jaffa Street, Jaffa Road? Yes. That's where they had two suicide bombings on the number 18 bus in 1996, where they killed 45, nine Israeli soldiers. And who supported Hamas in doing that? Iran, 1996. The Israelis are tough people. They don't turn their cheek. They know who their enemies are. And even though they were asleep at the wheel, October 7th, just like we were at 9-11, the wrath of the Israelis will be upon Hamas, who have been trying to take them out for decades with the support of the Ayatollahs in Iran. I do want to give uh, some of the folks that you give a hard time to because that's you. That's why we love you, specifically my friend Michael Kemper, who I love dearly, and I think he does a really good job, some credit. Because on Saturday, I was receiving, even before Saturday, to be honest, I knew for days about it, but it came out Friday and Saturday that these pro-Palestinian scumbags 
were going to, um, you know, block all the entrances to the airport because last Saturday happened to be the seven-year anniversary of the Trump Muslim ban, which, by the way, was great. Bring that back. Um, so they did it. They showed up in big numbers, and they blocked, you know, the Kennedy Airport, the Belt Parkway, all these losers. Now, the good news is by the time I got to the airport after Shabbos, 10 o'clock Saturday night, these low lives were gone. But they did cause a lot of havoc, but only lasted, Curtis, one hour before the NYPD broke those guys up. So the question is, is the NYPD getting better at this? Are they giving up earlier? Why did it seem to work on Saturday? How many did they arrest it? I don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Oh, boy. Are you, telling be, me none? Are you telling me this none? This is going to be like whack-a-mole. They're going to do it over and over and over. More important than that, more important than that is what happened Saturday night. Your friend, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, decided to take some city council members on a ride-along to let them see what average cops have to deal with out in the streets. Great idea. He's doing that because uh, it is a great idea. To his credit, he doesn't like the fact that cops are going to be overrun with paperwork when, in fact, they should be out there protecting New Yorkers. So in this case, he's not wrong. But this was the problem. A ride-along, of which I've been on, every time I've been arrested, they put me in the back of the car, and I'm forced to ride along with them with my hands behind me with cuffs. (laughs) And by the way, no bulletproof vest. But anyway, the point is, a ride-along is good. You get to see two cops having to respond to calls, the pressure, the stress they're under. Instead, what the Adams administration did was they put them all in police vans, all the politicians in one van. They had cops in the second van, and they had the press in the third van, and they were riding around Harlem, and they saw that that's not a ride-along. Come on, stop with the photo ops. You need to sit down with the city council people and, hey, you turn to that city council person, Eric Adams, because they're listening now from City Hall, you say... Let's make a deal. What do you need in your district? What can I do to change your vote? Good old-fashioned horse-trading politics, which Eric Adams does not do. He chases the cameras. He should have had a sit-down. If tomorrow morning this vote remains on the schedule because the Speaker of the Council, Adams, no relationship to Eric Adams, put it on the calendar. That means they have the votes to override uh, this, the uh, the uh, veto by Eric Adams. And another bill that is getting no attention is on behalf of correctional officers. They want to take away the bing, solitary confinement. No mention, no pressure about that. That will not be able to over... They, they will override that veto. That means every correctional officer out there is going to be under attack by inmates. There will be absolutely no complications to that. Half the CEOs now are females of color, black and Hispanic. Every day there are guys in the joint who was whipping out their John, masturbating in front of the women, grabbing their tuchuses, and the women can't even then say, hey, they need to be put in the bing. They need to be separated from the general population. You know they're just going to go out and do it again and again. These feckless city council people lock them up in the general population for like three days and they'll be screaming, please, I'll do anything, let me out. They made me, they're Maytag, oh, please. (laughs) So in the final uh, minute or two of this uh, great conversation, God, I love you. 
you uh, people don't know this, but you're doing us a huge favor. You know, we start the show at six o'clock every morning, and there are instances where remotes don't go well. Thank God. This has been crystal clear this morning because Alex Trayman, JNS Studios in Jerusalem, this is the real deal. But you never know during a remote something can go wrong and then you're off the air. Not us because Curtis has volunteered to be in the studios. This is really very, very nice for the entirety of the show, 6 to 10 every morning. If something happens here, boom, Curtis is on the air. And I keep saying to people he's doing that out of the goodness of his heart. But the truth is is that if there was some type of explosion like sparrows, and, of course, you want me to be alone because you love Danielle and my children, and, in fact, I couldn't make it back, you would, um, at least for the cameras, you would cry, but you would be thrilled to death because this would be your show. Is that honest or not, Curtis Sliwa? I would be cutting up the onions that I left in the WABC kitchen, <laughs> rubbing them under my eyes, fake tears. I would start to eulogize you on the radio. I Let me would, hear that. Let me hear that. How would that go? In I fact, would sound uh, like Alexander Haig when Reagan had been shot and Bush was flying around in the sky. I'm in charge. He was a great man. He was a righteous Jew who finally did Aliyah. Hashem has taken him high in the sky, and I'm in charge here on Mornings at WABC. Oh, God. You really are the best. Thank you. Uh, thank you for this great appearance. Thank you for being here. Seriously, Curtis, all week long. And uh, that's why when people talk about sitting friends in the morning, Curtis is not a guest. Curtis is on this show every day. As far as I'm concerned, he is a cast member. Just like I am, Justin is, Lewis is, Joe Nolan is, Noam is, Curtis Sliwa, a valued cast member of sitting friends in the morning. Folks, a long way to go on this show today. Two great live in studio guests, Congressman Anthony D'Esposito and our good buddy Steve Bannon, all still to come. Monday in Jerusalem with Sid. Radio 77 WABC. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. But first. If you thought booking your timeshare was difficult before, you know it's almost impossible now. For more than a decade, Lone Star Transfer has helped thousands of owners legally and permanently get out of their never-ending timeshare fees. Lone Star Transfer guarantees the release of all liability to your timeshare in writing and in a specific time frame. For free, no obligation consultation, please call 855-551-7066 or go to LoneStarTransfer.com. On this Monday, my pal John Stewart, although he might not admit that, is coming back to Comedy Central. Only one night, Monday, uh, he will be on that satirical network, but it's not really satirical anymore. So I think it was 2016, 2016, that Jon Stewart retired from his very successful venture with Comedy Central. And 
the Daily Show then underwent uh, Trevor Noah and all and drifted, drifted, drifted away from poking fun at pretty much the entire country to becoming a left wing concern. Now, that's not going to bother John Stewart, who's a liberal man. And uh, if you Google uh, John Stewart, Bill O'Reilly, you will see some hysterical interactions between him and me. But they were all done with good humor. And we got along very well. I saw him about six months ago. Um, But now we live in a different country. So Comedy Central is geared toward younger Americans who are exclusively left wing. There's no room for traditional thought. It has to be mocked. Again, Stewart will not have any problem with that, but I think he's going to find that his exposure is going to be extremely limited to one group. Back in a moment. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles, listen up. Car Shield is a low-cost monthly vehicle protection plan now available to you. This protection plan is at an all-time low price. Please call 800-925-7584 for a free quote. Drivers who activate today will also receive free roadside assistance and towing at no additional cost. That is 800-925-7584 right now. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis later on. And now, a man who got not one, but two shout-outs from Donald Trump on Saturday night at Cipriani Wall Street. He's Sid Rosenberg. You know that, Sid, right? There is a slight difference. If you want, we can talk about it, but let's not bore the audience. And this... I could be indictment-proof right now. I don't think they can do it, Sid. I don't think they can do it. ...is Sid and Friends in the Morning. My uh, text and my WhatsApp has been blowing up since we started this show nearly 100 minutes ago. I just got a wonderful text from the great congressman on the show every Wednesday morning, Peter King, saying great show this morning. My friend Margaret Powers, who lives in uh, the same community as me and my family. Her husband, Paul, is running for Congress up against that that uh, slouch, Gregory Meeks. Margaret Powers says Paul King for Congress and the Rockaway Republican Club. I'll be speaking there coming up Wednesday, February the 7th. She sends her love. Chad Lopez sent his love, Arthur Idala, and a ton of others. So we're glad you're enjoying the show. It's a big deal for us. My heart is warm this morning, and I say this, and I do mean this now. I hope wherever my father is, 
my my guy Harvey, that he um, he's aware of this and listening to this and is as happy as I am this morning being in Jerusalem. You know, it's about 6,000 miles from home. <laughs> I, I made the mistake. You know those like crazy people that weigh themselves every day? Like they run on a treadmill, they diet, they weigh themselves every day. The dumbest thing you can do, give yourself a couple of weeks to see some changes. So I kept staring on the plane. You know, I, I couldn't watch a movie. I, I couldn't do it. And uh, there were no sports so I just uh, kept the jet thing up, you know, telling us where we were flying. I remember it took about 30 hours, it felt like, to get to Europe. It was only five, felt like 30. And uh, the time wasn't moving. The mileage wasn't moving. It was brutal. And then it kind of picked up once we got midway through Europe, making our way to uh, to Tel Aviv. And I really never knew the complete geography, so I got a good look at what's south, which included all those neighborhoods, the Kibbutzim, and the Nova Music Festival, where we're going on Friday. We're going to go there on Friday. That'll be the most emotional day in Israel, where Hamas did a, uh, all their damage. South, of course, and then just north of the Tel Aviv airport, I saw places like Haifa. They had a terrorist attack this morning. Netanya, making your way towards uh, Lebanon, Beirut, and other folks uh, up in the north. So it was, uh, it was interesting. Uh, a newspaper here in Israel, which does very, very well, it is called the Israeli National News. Israel National News has just come out with a big story. And my friend Yehuda Hanekman, i got to give him credit, he got a picture of me at the Western Wall where I was this morning. And again, folks, you can see all those great pictures. I wrapped a fill-in. I prayed at the wall. It was amazing. My Instagram, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney, Sid Rosenberg on my Facebook. So Yehuda got a picture of me already at the Western Wall to this big, uh, it's a public, it's, I guess it's a newspaper and a TV station. Looks like it's Channel 7 here, and it reads 77 WABC morning host Sid Rosenberg broadcast live from Israel. The trip includes a visit to the site of the Nova Music Festival and Kibbutzim near the Gaza border. And then it goes on and pretty much, uh, writes out the press release that we put out last week with great quotes from John Katsimatidis, myself, and Chad Lopez. So already we are hitting the papers. I know I'm doing a live TV interview coming up, I believe, on Wednesday. So we are we are being welcomed with open arms, the red carpet, and nobody more than Alex Trayman, who once again runs these JNS studios. And he's going to join us coming up next and he has been on with us more than any other guest live from Israel since October the 7th. And that's why I guess it let the unprovoked. He said, Sid, if you come here, I'll give you my studios. He's a man of his word. He has done that. And he'll join us next. So we will take a very, very short break. We'll get back and give you all the latest, which includes still terrorist attacks going on all over Israel. And is the war moving to the north? If it does, how soon? And what will it mean for the people living even here in central Jerusalem? We'll talk to Alex Trayman on the latest from Israel, from his own studios, coming up next on Sid and Friends in the Morning.
If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Uh, local time, it's 2.50 p.m. in Israel, 7.50 a.m. Back home in New York. Got a nice message just now from a guy I really love in radio, Tim McCarthy, former WAS, uh, ABC and ESPN great Tim McCarthy. Thank you for that. And as uh, Justin just pointed out, Super Bowl 58, we are set to go. The Chiefs back in the big game for the fourth time in five years. That is unbelievable. What Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes have built in Kansas City is really uh, legendary at this point. Four out of five, they've won two of them back in the big game against Brock Purdy and the 49ers. It'll be the first one for Brock Purdy, and I have a hard time betting against Patrick Mahomes. I'll change my mind a thousand times. The game is still two weeks away in Vegas. Maybe we'll go. But uh, at any rate, right now I'm leaning towards the Chiefs. But again, I reserve the right to change my mind. I'll tell you a guy who never changes his mind, that's Alex Trayman. When this whole war started in Israel, those brutal attacks dating back to October the 7th, we started bringing Alex Trayman on. It was Noam Layden. i got to give Noam Layden all the credit. I had no idea who Alex was. Noam said, i got a guy in Israel. His name is Alex Trayman. He's at GNS. He's great. And I loved him from day one. His information has been incredibly accurate. He's got a big heart, cares. And he's been on with me about 20 times. And when I made mention a couple of weeks ago that I'm really efforting with Yehuda to get this show to Israel, he said, use my studios. I said, come on. I envisioned us with a picnic table somewhere in Jerusalem surrounded by Arabs, you know, <laughs> trying to do a radio show. But no, instead we're in this gorgeous studio. He's got great workers here, too, from Brian Lipschitz to uh, Adam Mellerman to Zach Sikerman to um, Avia uh, Asner, who does a terrific job. There's Avia. Uh, really a terrific, terrific staff. And we are here in his studios today. His wife also, Sippy, I love her. She is fantastic. So here he is, Mr. JNS in Jerusalem, 
our friend Alex Trayman. Alex, good morning. How are you? Shit, welcome to Jerusalem. It is uh, it is amazing being here. It, uh, it really is. And, you know, why you told me last week that you're not going to feel like you're in a war zone necessarily because you're not going to hear the rockets like you did here. You heard rockets here in Jerusalem uh, even six, seven weeks ago and, and all those types of things. And, and you're right. You, you walk around, I feel relatively safe. But there's a tension, Alex. There's no question about it. And there's a lot of guys with guns on just about every block. So coming from New York, it does feel a little bit like I'm in a war zone. How about that? Well, you know, like I said to you uh, previously, it's the it's the danger that you're used to versus the danger that you're not used to. Um, but certainly high alert here. Everybody has to uh, really have no illusions that we live with uh, an enemy that has been um, that has been. Uh, you know, it's taught, as you mentioned, to, to really hate Jews and to kill Jews and to value a culture of martyrdom where they die uh, for killing Jews. That's the greatest honor that you can have in the society. And, and so we understand who it is that we're living with. Uh, and we have to be on red alert because October 7th, it, it doesn't it, it's not necessarily going to be a, a one off event uh, if, if we let our guard down. No, it looks like it's not going to be the case at all. In fact, uh, look, the South, uh, while it's um, certainly uh, calmed down quite a bit, there's still stuff going on. In fact, uh, just this morning, Alex, uh, from Yehuda, I should say, I received two different reports. Uh, One, of course, was a man with an axe getting out of his car in Haifa who was killed, thank God, by the by the Israelis, but he was ready to commit some type of brutal attack. There was something else that happened here in Jerusalem. So while the South is still going on and hostages are still being held, there are these random little attacks in and around Israel that even penetrate cities like Tel Aviv and Jerusalem. Yeah, I think it's a mistake to call them random. Uh, you know, they're not happening with tremendous frequency, but uh, we are part of we're in a war right now. And, uh, you know, these people have been trained to do exactly what they're doing. Uh, you know, they've been incited from an early age, taught in their schools, taught on social media. Uh, and so, you know, they they are trained to be able to wake up one morning and decide that they're going to be a martyr and, and to carry out an attack. And, and as you mentioned, there's been a few just today and, and there could be many, many more. And we saw just two years ago, you know, we had big riots here in the Arab Israeli cities like Lod uh, and Akko and elsewhere, you know, just uh a few miles from where you're sitting now in Jerusalem, there's the 250,000 Arabs living in the eastern sections of the city. Uh, you know, they have chosen to be calm so far since October 7th, uh, but that could change at any moment. You know what shocked me, too, is uh, my friend Yehuda. Uh, I was in the car with him and his friend Aaron last night, and he was telling me that uh, he lives uh, in and around Jerusalem. I forget exactly the name of the city or the town, Alex, but uh, on the way to his house, there's a red sign. This is unbelievable, folks. And, and the red sign is outside an Arab community. And the red sign basically says, hey, if you're Jewish, don't come here. If you do, if you do, you are taking your life into your own hands. There are signs on the road that warn Jewish people, if you go any further, you could die. Isn't that right? Yeah, uh, you know, we, they in the 90s, they divided up Israel into these uh, sections, specifically the disputed areas of Judea and Samaria. You know, Jews are Jews because they come from Judea, uh, but these are the areas in which most uh, Palestinians live today, and they divided it up into areas A, B, and C. You know, C is where Jewish villages are, A and B is where Palestinian villages are, uh, and if you're going to go 
near a, a village that is called Area A, and that's like Ramallah and Jericho and most of the Israeli cities, it is illegal under Israeli law for an Israeli to enter. And when they have those signs that say you're taking your life into your own hands, what they're basically doing is giving license to the Palestinians in those cities to kill Jews if they come in. Yeah, I don't understand that. That's exactly what I was thinking. Why would you allow that to happen for them? And then I asked these guys, I go, wow, who cares about a sign? Have there been examples of Jews that randomly got in? And they go, yes, just a couple of years ago, two soldiers lost their way. They got lost, ended up in Ramallah, and both were killed. Is that a true story? Yes, uh, that happened uh, several years ago. And, uh, you know, it, it's not like that for, for Arabs that want to come into Jewish town. So, you know, they're, they are allowed to come in. Yeah, see, I don't understand. Right, you you got the media, and the United States is horrible. I'm telling you, Alex, the government, this administration, we've been over this a million times. They're they're not for Israel. You cannot fund Iran, which Biden has now done in not one but two two administrations alongside Obama. Do deals with Iran, loosen their sanctions, and say I'm pro-Israel. Can't be both, okay? So the administration is horrible, and the media is horrible because time and time again, and, of course, the rallies in the streets of New York, these people refer to Israel as an apartheid. Wait a second. How is Israel an apartheid when you guys live amongst Arabs civilly, and yet they have signs, you walk in here, we're going to kill you? How is that possible? Everything here is a double standard. You'll learn about that. Uh, You know, we have two forms of transportation in Jerusalem. We have a light rail. uh, It's a train. And then we also have a bus. So the light rail goes between Jewish uh, villages and Arab villages. So the enemies of Israel call that occupation because you're driving, you're taking your light rail and you go through the middle of the Arab village. Now, of course, the Arabs get to use that. Uh, and then you have the buses. And so it was determined that a different bus company would service the Palestinian uh, villages in, in Jerusalem. And that's not the same bus company that services the Jewish villages in Jerusalem. So that's called apartheid. So when you have uh, a system that, that serves both communities, that's occupation. When you have separate, that's called apartheid. Agreed. We're going to take a short break, Alex. We're going to bring you back because I do want to get into the real war here. While I mentioned what's going on in the south, and we talked about some of these attacks that happened today in Haifa, others in Jerusalem a couple of weeks ago. It looks like the north is getting ready for a big battle. And talking to a lot of folks in Israel the last couple of days, they feel like that will change life forever for Israelis all over this country, including right here in Jerusalem. So we'll take a short break. We'll come back live once again from the JNS studios in beautiful Talpiat, Jerusalem, with the man who gave us the studios, Alex Trayman. More with Alex Trayman right after this. Come out upon my scenes. Curse me and stop, but you know. 